This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. My research topics as of late have been all around the female gens. I'm ready for hoodie weather. And I recently donated 200 items of clothing and I'm ready to get rid of more. Hi, I'm Emily. I am currently dealing with uh, prematurely graying hair. I'm a Libra sun, Libra rising, Capricorn moon. And I just recently got a new tattoo. Hi, I'm Janelle. I'm terrible at tying my shoes. A pot-bellied pig bit me as a child, and I'm living my 20s like Benjamin Button. And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. Okay, what does premature grays mean? Oh my gosh. I have gray, like, pockets of gray hair all in my hair, and I'm 30. So (laughs) prematurely gray hair. So my brother is two years younger than me, but when he was like 15, 16, he already was salt and pepper hair. Damn. So baby. I'm like, I, I think it's the coolest thing ever. I'm finally getting white hairs and I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Everyone at school has said that. Like they're like, oh, it's it. so cool. And I'm like, I'm devastated. I'm like, no, this can't be happening. That's so funny. I thought that gray hairs grew out gray, but they turn gray. Like overnight, the whole hair follicle will turn gray. What? Wait. I was like, how did this grow so fast? And Dylan's like, because it just, it just like the, whatever it is that has the color like dyes or whatever. It is the, like I stared at your face (laughs) for like five minutes. I was like, no. No, no. And then I called my mom and I was like, mom, you won't believe this. She was like, oh yeah, well, I prematurely grade. And I was like, and you didn't tell me? Like, I love it, dude. So I think it's so pretty. I do love a woman that can rock like the white gray, just like full. Yeah. I would just like for funsies, maybe. Rachel, you're talking about shaving your head and I don't. I keep saying, I'm like, that would be neat. And then I don't think I actually can do it, but maybe I'll just go for full white. Well, I, so when I was in Milwaukee with you, Janelle, Mm -hmm. I had a mohawk and I was, wanted it to be the white, you know how people like dye their hair so blonde that Mm -hmm. it's white, but because of the chemotherapy that I have, it's, or had, not have, had, um, it messed with the, it messed with something. And so apparently that's like a thing. And so whenever I'd go to Kate, my hairdresser, mm-hmm. she would try very hard to like tone, tonal, like tone it so that it would be more of the white, but it's like ne- neon, like highlighter, weird. It's not white. Interesting. <laughs> and Actually, now that I have white hairs coming out, I'm like, yes. <laughs> Slowly getting there. Slowly. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> you will. Love. I will. What's your new tattoo of? It is a little carnation. Oh, it's so cute. Like yeah, Where'd you go? Cute placement. So I went to um, this new place. I haven't, I hadn't been there before. It's like Val. Now I'm gonna butcher the name. The owner is, I think, Icelandic. So it's like Valkyrie or something. It's oh, okay. Like 
in is it down here yeah so it's um kind of off of inwood do you know where inwood is so it's kind of like a little more northwest of oak cliff okay it's only like five to ten minutes away they did a really good job Okay. it looks very delicate she's she was amazing she cool. she does very delicate uh tattoos which i love i still want wow. a finger tattoo oh actually you know what i think i'm gonna do though i think when i'm in colorado we're gonna go get our nose pierced yeah that seems like something you would do <laughs> <laughs> i have kind of always wanted my nose pierced i think do it cute you can do a hoop or a stud oh totally a hoop you gotta do the hoop I was also, you don't have to. Well, you don't have to, but I was hanging out with um, Emily from Spire in Salt Lake, and she has her nose pierced too, and she just like reminded me of how much I want to do it, and then it came up again in another conversation with another person who wanted to get it done. I was like, damn. I think she was trying to get me mind. to get a hoop, a nose oh, really? piercing when we worked with her, and I was That's like, funny. I don't know. I got such a small face. I don't need to like put any more things on it just like it there's something but you don't wear glasses very much I feel Mm -hmm. like you need like one staple thing for your face and if you have Mm -hmm. like glasses and a nose ring and I'm gonna have a shaved head and then probably lipstick and earrings it's just like a lot yeah I don't wear glasses I guess I wear these earrings but I never take them off and that's really about it dude you should totally do a statement piece yeah. Some people go on dates and get matching tattoos. I'll go on a date and we'll get our nose pierced. Wait, the guy, the, the guy, guy is going to get one? Uh-huh. Is he going to get a hoop too? He had one. That's like, oh, it also brought it up. Like, he was younger. He had one. And I was like, dude, it looks so fucking good. I was like, can you get your nose pierced again? He's like, I've been thinking about it. I was like, great, let's go together. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen, which is like maybe really weird. I can't imagine. I've seen like, lips eyebrows but i don't know if i've seen like been friends with somebody super who's had it. cute like okay right, you got no, some uh, flavor to you like okay <laughs> you'll for sure send a photo won't you oh Let's yeah if one. i get it done i don't know if people are piercing noses right now because i feel like that's very not covid friendly but i think someone yeah. would do it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that would be the only thing that would stop me like, hey covid stick something up my nose <laughs> While I breathe heavily because I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but if we can get it done in this small little mountain town. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. Anyway, should should we introduce Emily? Yeah. Yes, let's introduce Emily. Before we introduce Emily, we wanted to take a quick break and ask you all a little favor. If you like listening to the True North Collective podcast, you found value and benefit from listening to us, we would really appreciate it if you shared our podcast with a friend or someone that you think would connect with the content. Or you could leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Music, wherever you are listening to this podcast. It would really help us out as Rachel and I continue to try to grow the True North Collective and expand our reach. Now back to the podcast. Um, Okay, so Emily, I met you, I think I met you because I went to your yoga class the first time. Wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, at the Urban Hippie Yoga. Yeah. Janelle, you've been there. Yeah, I I was just thinking, I feel like, have we met before, Emily? 
I don't know. I mean, Emily, knows. wait, did we go to her class? I'm going to feel mm-hmm. awful if we. No, no, you don't have to feel I don't think awful. so. I don't, I don't know. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. I feel like I know you, though. Maybe I just know you from the internet. <laughs> well, anyways. Anywho, so, back to the introduction. <laughs> so, Emily, I met her at her yoga class and was just like, her voice to me was like, dropped me into my like soul. The second I heard you, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, and then from there, I didn't know you were taking Chelsea's meditation teacher training. And so now she is a yoga teacher, meditation teacher in Dallas, has been doing that for the last two and a half years, um, and is also the studio manager for Breathe, um, Chelsea's meditation studio. So that's where we really kind of started spending more time together. And I was just like, your soul is just so, I don't know, there's something really calming about it. And what's up with you? Who are you? (laughs) And then as we started talking, I was just like, you got to come have a conversation with us. Um, But what's really cool is Emily is in the process of um, become going through the steps of becoming a midwife. So um, that, I know it's so cool. Um, so um, to get this right, I'm going to actually read what you said to me. Okay. So she's currently in doula and placenta encapsulation training to help women holistically move through maternity, birth, and postpartum healing, eventually becoming a midwife. So that sounds amazing. And before we like dive into everything, I would love to hear what doula and placenta encapsulation is. Me sure. too. so uh being a doula is like not being a midwife so just wanted to clarify that versus midwife is kind of a longer process because you're actually delivering a baby which is obviously a very very serious thing so um doula training is just basically a certification in which you can um kind of be uh, a support system for a woman through her, you know, maternity and then the birthing, actual laboring birth process, and then also the postpartum. So just being in the room, um, kind of hearing what she, her expectations are, you know, for her, for her birth, what she's kind of wanting, and then just making sure that you kind of bridge the gap between her and the birth team and her partner, and just really trying to support her through this, like, incredible (laughs) transformative Um, experience, life-changing experience. And then placenta encapsulation is a little bit different. So um, actually taking the placenta and processing it and putting it into capsules so that um, women can take it afterwards in the postpartum period, if that's something that they want to do. What inspired you to get into this? It's so (laughs) cool. (laughs) Oh, so that's a long story. So I, uh, when I was in college, I was pre-med. So I actually was like wanting to go to med school um, when I moved to Dallas. That was kind of like the plan. I obviously did not go that way. (laughs) But um, so I wanted to be, you know, a woman's health doctor. And I I wanted to um, be like an OB. And kind of through more research and working in the medical field, I I just decided that I didn't think that was going to be the path for me. Um, I wanted to go a more holistic route. And so, you know, I went through yoga and meditation. I was kind of going through some other things too. 
moved through that. And then now I'm kind of circling back and um, supporting women in, in a different way, not, you know, so much uh, a medical or traditionally westernized medical way, but in a more holistic way, which is, I think, what my soul has been wanting or longing for this this whole time. <laughs> That's really cool. Super cool. We had a death doula in season two. Now we have a birth doula. I love it. Okay. And also I'm going to reverse. I think we met at Whole Foods in Dallas during breathe training. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember. Wait, was oh, it during the breathe training? Orientation. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, orientation. That's okay. right. I forgot you did that. I was like, I, what the fuck I was like, this is gonna bother me. I was like, I swear <laughs> we met in person. <laughs> anyway, that's sorry so to totally derail. It just occurred to me. That's right. I that's forgot really about cool. that. So what I've heard that before, but what does because is it the consumption of the placenta? Yes. So what does that do for you? Well, so technically, like FDA wise, there hasn't really been any like evidence based studies on it because to do that, you would basically have to tell women, like a certain group of women, hey, you're going to take a pill. It might be your placenta, it might not. And like postpartum is hard enough as it is. Why would a woman want to take a fake pill that may or may not do anything? But so the mammals typically eat their placenta, I think. I don't want to say all, but like most mammals um, eat their placenta afterwards because they're exhausted. They just went through this whole birthing process and then, you know, they they eat it to kind of nourish themselves so they can move forward and, and help their, their infant. And so it's thought um, that it really helps with um, postpartum depression and um, postpartum weight loss, hormone balance, um, milk supply. So lots of good benefits. Um, but obviously, you know, FDA wise, nothing's been proven yet, but. Super cool. It's interesting. Yeah. I've been learning so much about what my, my first fact of, um, one of my big like topics that I've been just like digesting everywhere I can is um, anything about female genitals. Like I just, I had no idea. I didn't know. I have like 1998, they actually figured out what the true anatomy of the clitoris was. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, so I'm just, I think once I, I I knew that I was, um, I didn't necessarily get the most like robust um, sexual well, I don't even know what you'd call it. Like sex ed in my school was just like, I, I barely remember it. Like, like I don't I get pregnant. Literally, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I remember they split us up into two groups and like the girls we talked about what was going to happen when you went to the gynecologist, but I kind of like get woozy with things. So I like, don't really remember. Um, but I don't like, there wasn't a ton and they weren't necessarily presenting it in a way where I like wanted to know or like why it would be interesting for me to know. And I'm like learning so much now. So I've been listening to different podcasts and just like the fact that the clitoris is the only organ in any mammal that is purely for sexual pleasure. That's it. There's no other organ. It's just like all this stuff. I had no idea. So, um, 
I think we obviously have a long way to go in terms of um, the larger public being aware of honestly the magic that exists in like females. Really, I love when you send me all the Marco Polos on it too, because I tend to listen to them in public places <laughs> without headphones in. <laughs> just like walking around and just like, so the clitoris, the clit, the clit. <laughs> <laughs> at the grocery store I'm like what's up <laughs> or like it's you not called a vagina it's a vulva <laughs> basically like what up old man at the grocery store have you heard of the clitoris <laughs> oh it's so funny yeah okay, I, I, wear headphones. <laughs> I was I was talking to my mom about not to derail because this is really not about me but I was talking to my mom the other day and I like forget that she's my mom and she probably doesn't want to know all this stuff. I was like, mom, oh my God, there's this site that I found where you, and she's like, okay, Ray. And she's not, she's not like prude or anything, but she just is like, I don't know, more traditional in some respects. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, you probably don't, <laughs> probably don't want to know any of this. But if you do, like, uh, let's talk about it because I'm really interested in this. I just had that happen to me too. I'm getting all my mail sent to my parents' house because I'm on the road. And my mom like will ask me, she's super sweet about it. She'll like ask me before she opens it. And there was one and I was like, that looks like spam. And then she opens it up. She sends a picture to me, doesn't say anything. And it's like my trip to Planned Parenthood, which is just like a, oh. like a general checkup. It's fine. But like, you just read it. It's like, you know, all the STD tests like listed out. I'm like, she just doesn't say anything. I'm like, don't worry, mom, I don't have an STD. <laughs> just like, she's like oh I know I can see that <laughs> she's like didn't even comment she's just like sends a picture it says nothing now she's like okay have a good day oh my god I love it it's you know what though it's so important to, for like us to be talking about these things mm -hmm. like I was um in a coaching program with somebody who is going through menopause and she was like I want to talk about it, but I feel like I'm always in these circles of younger women who aren't going to understand and think it's weird. And I was like, sister, you got to share it because like, I'm going to go through it. Like because of the cancer I had, I might actually end up being premenopausal, which means like the time is a ticket. It's like, <laughs> like I'm in my late thirties. And so I was like, you got to share that. Cause it's like, that's the issue that's happened is that none of us have talked about this stuff. So I'm really, um, I think Janelle and there's like a few other people where we've been like, we got to just talk about it. Like get over the weirdness. It gets, you get over it really pretty quickly. Um, especially when you start to realize that like the power in actually understanding your body and what's going on and what it's, how, just how, how much it can tell you, like it can really tell you a lot. And Anyways, so rabbit hole. So cool. I feel like this is a great segue to intimate relationships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, so yeah, we wanted to have Emily on. We asked her, what are you wrestling with with when it comes to authenticity or living your true north? And specifically, she was like, How do you be yourself in intimate relationships? And we're like, get in here, let's talk about it. <laughs> no fucking clue. Let's go. <laughs> Um, so Emily, tell us a little bit about like how, about that, like whatever comes to mind for you and why that felt important, especially now. Sure. So 
kind of, it's an interesting um, progression, but, you know, for me, I've always kind of been in these, you know, half in, half out sort of relationships where, you know, I didn't really want to commit. I never, I never put it out there. You know, I just, I just didn't want really, the intimacy scared me. And, you know, not being able to, um, you know, say what I need physically, emotionally, you know, mentally, whatever it is. And also just not feeling like I even had any room to speak really about anything. And so this whole year, you know, ever honestly, since, since quarantine, I really took like a deep dive into, okay, Emily, like, why is this something that you struggle with? And it all these like childhood things just were like hitting me in the face. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I thought you were over that. I thought, I thought you got over that, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And it was a really, really kind of like huge wake up call for me because, you know, everyone can say, I'm in this healing process. I'm, you know, whatever. And I'm kind of the person where I am super, super independent. And I actually just saw this thing on Instagram and it was like, ultra independence is a trauma response. And that to me is, I think sums up kind of everything that I have been struggling with these past six, seven, eight years of just non-committing and also just being like, I don't need you. Like, I don't need you. And that's been something that I just have really been deep diving into my soul about. Do you think that when you say um, an inability to be intimate with other people, do you find that same level and I'm putting words of inability so but do you find that same reflection within yourself or do you find it easy to be intimate with yourself I guess over the past more over the past two to three years I've found it really really easy to be intimate uh with myself but that can also be like it's like back to that independence thing right it's like well I'm good. Like I'm by myself. Like I'm good. Like I'm single. Like I don't, but then it's also, you crave that companionship and that growth from being with, you know, another or being with someone else. That makes sense. Yeah. I was asking because, um, I have the same thing. I am totally hyper independent. Um, but I have, even in that independence, tended to jump from one long-term relationship to another. But then within that relationship, I'm always struggling with like, where am I? Where are you? And I then, codependency is like a very big thing that I um, have like had started to dig into before. Again, the quarantine just kind of like, I think it's opened up a lot of things for a lot of people. And for me, I've been playing with, how once I get, it's like, I consider myself pretty 
picky, but then once I'm in the relationship, I just go away. I'm just like, okay. And that's not totally true. Like you'd be like, that's not true. You are yourself. But the way that I'm operating is so, um, how are you doing? What do you need? Mm -hmm. Um, and I play it off as like, I'm chill. I'm independent. I can take care of myself. It's cool. Like I'm awesome. And I do have that, but really deep down what's going on is I have found an inability to trust myself. Mm -hmm. And so, and trust who I will be when another person shows up the way they show up. Um, and so then because of that lack of trust of self, I'm trying to control, um, or I'm waiting around for somebody else to be somebody. And so there's just like a lot of weird, unknowing manipulation that's happening. And so I've been kind of peeling that back a little bit, um, or a lot actually in the last few, few months. But I was just curious because a lot of times for me, my ability to be intimate externally has, I'm noticing has a relation, like a correlation inward. It might not be like the exact same thing, but it's like the thing that I'm struggling with on the outside is the aspect that I can't seem to acknowledge or get close to or whatever on the inside for myself. And it's really easy for me to just point the finger outside of myself versus be like, Ooh, sister, you got trust issues, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not trust, it's trust of others, but it's really trust of yourself in your in relationship. That's been kind of interesting. Everything's a mirror. I think I, like, I, for me, I like have people at an arm's length. And so I don't really let them get near me, but like I will give and give and give and give until I have nothing left but I don't allow myself to receive what I'm giving in relationships because you know I think some people are like well maybe you don't feel like you deserve that and that could be true but I think it's also a situation for me where it almost feels like a, a form of weakness like if I allow myself to receive this, then I'm no longer independent. I'm relying on someone else, which is a false narrative that I'm telling myself. But it's like, I'm allowing myself to receive this. Oh no, I'm dependent on this person. That can't happen. And then, you know, normally I'll run away or something else. <laughs> That's so relatable. I did the same exact thing. I actually did that a lot with friendships. Like I could get to a little bit more of a safe space and intimate relationships but I always had a hard time like accepting things from friends because it it I would just get so squirmy about it and it wasn't until maybe the last year two years that I started to actually be able to do that and like allow people to show up for me but yeah it's it was definitely a a way to protect myself it was just like well if I don't let you do anything nice for me, then like you're kind of still at a distance and like we might be around each other and we sort of show up but like I, I never wanted to become reliant on another person because then there's the fear of losing that person. So it's just like better to never have it than to lose it, which isn't true, but <laughs> that like the rationale in my brain. So I appreciate that. Cause I've also been playing with the, the idea that I am so independent and yet in many ways also like de 
and I don't know, dependent and intimate relationships though, too, of like, um, when it comes to partners feeling that I need to be in a relationship in order to be safe, which has been a really interesting belief that I discovered this year. Cause similar to you, Rachel, like long-term relationships, kind of just jumping from one to next, not being single for that long and realizing like how much training is in me to say, like, even if I'm like, I should be single, that the part of me is like, you're unsafe. If you're on your own, you need another person to be there in case anything happens. And building up my friendships has definitely helped me to be able to not feel like I need that from one person, but it's been really interesting watching that evolution and trying to unlearn that belief, which I'm still working on it because it's just so deep inside of me just to like you're not safe you're not safe you're on your own you're not safe and like every day I just feel like you are safe you're fine you're safe it's it's funny like I mean we've even experienced that too as we've been like okay let's keep doing this podcast and like this is great and then you like reach that next level of intimacy as friends and as business partners and it's like okay now we're here. And like, I, you know, for me, I think that I looking back on, I'd say season two, I guess, um, because I don't know what year it is. Um, I was definitely, <laughs> I was definitely, I would say like, you know, whatever, like we don't have to be like best friends. Like there's no commitment. It's totally fine. Like I was always preemptively giving you an out and, um, and what that manifested in is like you being always thinking that I was trying to bolt and like, we had <laughs> to like, triggers, so like <laughs> Rachel's going to reject me. She's going to, re- I'm like, this is like, her I'm passively telling t- me that she hates me. <laughs> I'm like, just letting you know, like, you don't have to hang around me. I know I'm like a lot. So blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm like she wants to leave. <laughs> yeah. But it's been interesting how the two of us kind of, it's been cool that this process has helped me get more comfortable with intimacy because you, I don't know, we have a platform of like open dialogue. And so then we've been able to just talk about it and then we can't really leave unless we totally dick the other person over. So then it's like, okay, let's talk about this. I'm really awkward right now, (laughs) but it's helped me. It's helped me for sure. For sure. I actually had a conversation with Joaquin who's been on the podcast many times and he'll talk about, you know, his life and his like relationship with his husband. It's cause like, I mean, I'm like very close with my other friendships, but like, I feel like you and I just from maybe it is like, yeah, we have like this quote unquote baby together. Like we, or maybe it's because we're, I don't know, who knows, but like you and I like have tough conversations all the time. And I think in a lot of my other friendships, I can get away with not having those and like things are fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's just because of how enmeshed we are and like also just over time. So when he ever, like when he's sharing about his, you know, his husband, I'm like, well, when Rachel and I had this, ex- <laughs> like I'm basically dating Rachel. It's fine. <laughs> like, okay, I'm cool with it. You're helping me grow into the person. That you I'm are also me. helping me grow as well. No, it's like, it's great. But I just think it's so funny because even when I've been in relationships, I'm just like, I'm not talking about my romantic relationships in the way that other people are talking about their marriage. I'm like, well, in my marriage to Rachel in the business, this is how we worked through this problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very, it's a positive thing, but I always just thought it was funny that I'm like, you were that person for me when other people are like, my husband, my spouse. 
But that's the cool thing about this stuff is like uh-huh. it does translate. Like oh, totally. we are a we are a whole person, and it's like the I, I always get them wrong, but the rising tide floats all boats. I think mm-hmm. is the quote where it's like if you're working on this wedge of your life wheel, to go all life coachy on you guys you know, that is going to have implications to the rest. And so if you're working on a relationship wedge, like the way you learn how to handle that relationship in new ways is going to help all the others. So it's almost like, I don't know, it's kind of cool to think about it that way, because then that means you could practice within relationships that feel quote unquote safer and build up that muscle to be able to then step out to your edge in areas where you're maybe a little bit more afraid. But like, okay, now I have the proof. I know how to do this. I know that it can work. Um, so anyways. Yeah. Cool. And I think, I mean, I'll give you kudos too. I think for me, it's like you are on the journey too, right? Like we're on this journey to get to know ourselves better and you do know yourself well. And when it comes to intimate relationships for me, I don't, I'm sure the people that I've dated have like have that, but even, I just don't think we've ever gone there. Like I haven't gone there with my intimate relationships where I've had such a like deep understanding of the person and whether it's because they didn't know themselves that deeply or they just chose not to share it with me. I don't know, but like you and I go there, like we talk about the fucking ugly stuff. And I really think in a lot of other relationships, it can be easier just to kind of stay above it and that can work. But when I think about intimate relationships now in the romantic sense, it's like, I want someone, like, I know what it feels like now to be connected with someone and like to see their shit and for them to see my shit. And like, how do I find that now? Yeah. In the romantic space, like you said, to carry it over. That's interesting that you said that because that's kind of exactly where I am. I feel like the past couple years, you know, two to three years, I've found friendships that have been kind of like you guys. It's like you grow so much in this like soul, almost like soulmate friendship where you're like healing, you're discovering who you really are. And, you know, but finding that in the romantic, sect is is very hard it's a very hard thing to do but I think laying that foundation of surrounding yourself with friends who genuinely love and care about you and are on like that same path of of seeking or or soul searching or you know whatever you want to call it is I think a great like first step of okay I'm figuring out who I am and now all right let's move in this direction totally I will also add I just kind of I feel like I threw it on the people around me when it comes to me not having that level of intimacy in romantic relationships I guarantee like I said before everything's a mirror it has something to do with my own inability to like allow myself to go there in a romantic relationship. And like you just said, Emily, there's like some sort of safety, I feel like in these friendships that I have that I, I don't know, I guess I need to explore because I don't even think I have an answer to that of like, why in these romantic relationships have I not been able to go there? Is it because I've been performing? Is it because like, I'm trying to hold on to something that 
I know will maybe fall apart if I actually go that level deeper because they weren't my right. I mean, like at this point, obviously I'm not with any of them. So, like, you know, deep down, you know, that they're like not the right people. I don't, you know, I don't really know. I guess I'll have to get curious on that, but I just wanted to say that it clearly it keeps happening. So that is on me to own and figure out. I think it really, for me, over the past year, I've really thought about, and it gave me a better understanding for this exact subject. It's like, what were my examples of, of healthy relationships as a child, as, you know, a teenager, you know, whatever it is. And I was like, well, fuck, like, this, this is a very parallel to why I have these, you know, detachment issues in, in my current, you know, intimate relationships. And so I think that was like the, the big eye opener for me is like, oh, okay. How do I heal this little child Emily and tell her that like it's okay it's all right you're safe you can trust you know a man since I'm you know a straight cis white woman but you can trust this man to be you know what you need him to be yes <laughs> how how have you started doing that Emily how have yeah how have I started to like, tr like trust men? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teach so, me. <laughs> well, well, it's, you know, I'm, I'm no expert here, but for me, it's kind of, I tended to attract a lot of men who were emotionally unavailable. And, you know, I began to realize it was because of kind of the energy that I was giving off. And so now, you know, I don't have it all figured out, but now having that open, vulnerable energy of like, hey, this is like what I need. And if you aren't going to be able to provide that for me, I'm like this isn't, this isn't going to work instead of just kind of being like, all right, well, I'll just continue to do this for, you know, whatever and not commit and just feel, feel really empty and, you know, yada, 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 whatever. It's like, no, like, let's create a line of saying, this is what I need and this is what I want. And then you will just naturally, you know, as woo woo as it sounds, attract people that are, are healthy for you. Well, yeah, because if you don't have your own clarity, then... And so what's interesting is that I am like nodding because, and just like, yes, yes, yes. My way is not to put an arm out. Mine is like, oh, come here. And then I just like hold on with everything. I'm like, let's swim to the deepest part of the ocean together. And like, and like, let me show you, let me like force this, this, honestly it's almost like a false sense of intimacy because it's like I will overly expose myself because I feel like you could be the person and but at the end of the day it's still coming you know whether it's an arm or whether it's a total like let's sink down to the bottom of the ocean together 
it's not coming from a place, both are not coming from a place of like, here's what I want. Let me just share it with you. And then let's see where that takes us and allowing the person to show up. I kind of take over. And then the other person doesn't even get a chance, honestly, to almost exist. And I have a tendency to see the parts of them that I really want to see and not seeing who they actually are and being able to see the beauty in who they actually are and love who they are and then make a choice for me from a place of knowing what it is that I want without it becoming this like big emotional thing. Um, so it's interesting that we have like a different, it, the form of it shows up different, but the, the core of it is actually quite similar of like not understanding and these are my words, but not understanding what it is that I actually want and need and being able to communicate it in a way that is not, you know, defensive, forceful, dramatic, um, personal, you know, it is personal, but not from like a, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm very much learning that while in a relationship of six and a half years. So it's really interesting to be realizing that mid relationship and and how you have that conversation with your partner around, hey, I recognize that I am still me, but there are there's a lot in this that I've kind of not allowed the fullest expression of myself to show up. And I want to try doing that. And you may not like it. And um, I'm, I feel very grateful that my partner has said, he actually said the other day, maybe like a month ago, the rest of this year is the year of Rachel saying what she wants and not worrying about what the response is. And he was not um, guaranteeing anything. You know, he was like, I don't know. You're right. Like maybe you show me parts of yourself that I don't work. And, you know, maybe you show yourself parts of yourself and you realize something. And so it's like, I'm kind of in that right now of giving myself permission to not have to change anything except get clear on who I am, what I want, and practicing speaking it. Taking a really quick break to let you know that the True North Collective is on YouTube. How exciting. We have been starting to use video on these podcasts, so if you're more of a visual learner, make sure to check us out on YouTube. We will link it in the show notes, and you can actually watch our Zoom calls as well as listen to the audio. All right, let's jump back in. Um, without with non-attachment to the outcome one of my favorite podcasts that I'm listening to right now is all around manifestations I'm like kind of like you had mentioned um, it's called expanded and really the like the ongoing theme of the podcast is that everything is rooted in your self-worth and that connects so much I think I mean to everything in life but specifically intimate relationships too so now as I'm dating and meeting people and deciding to do things, I keep coming back to that. Like, what is this rooted in? Like, or I'll say to myself, like, no more low worth behavior. Like, you know, why are you choosing to do this? Is it because you don't feel worthy on your own? And so you're reaching out for something to fill that. Are you doing it from a place because you feel like you're lacking or you're too much or, you know, whatever it is, but just like asking myself that question, whether it be, because I want to reach out to someone, whether it be me choosing to go on a date with someone, whether, you know, whatever it is, I'm just at, like trying to stay focused on like, is this coming from a place of worthiness or is it like, because I think a lot of times, I mean, I, everyone does this. I think women do it even a little bit more is 
just feeling like someone's choosing you. So, and they're a good person. So I should choose them because they chose me and they're a good person and there's nothing wrong with them. And we can have like a, a healthy, nice relationship and it'll be fine. But then it's just that it's fine, right? It's fine. <laughs> it's like you could get so much more or you could get close to what you want, but because we're not speaking about what we want for me, it's like, I think deep down it is a worthiness thing. It's just like, I am I worth going after that person that I want fully want? Cause you can meet people that are partial. They use the term like expanders, right? They have like a lot of the things you're looking for, but maybe not everything. And then we just kind of say like, well, this is good. This is, I should be grateful for this person. And, and not that you can't like appreciate them and see that they're great, but like, you can also appreciate them and say, okay, you're great. And you're not for me there's something more I'm looking for. You're close, but you're not it. And that doesn't have anything to do with you. It doesn't devalue you, but I'm worth finding exactly what I want. And not like, and not from like a, I want a guy. I mean, I guess it could be this, but like, I want a guy that's six, five and makes over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, like, but from like a, I want someone that fucking like, I feel passionate about. I have that deep connection that we're building it. And it's, the concept of like, you know, if it's on a hell yeah, it's a hell no. And, and like, yeah, there's going to be things that could be not great all the time, of course. But I think deep down, like when you check in, it's like, is this still a hell yeah, even though we're working through shit? Like I can take it back to my relationship with Rachel. We'll just talk about our relationship all the time. Like even when we're going through shit, I still feel like deep down, like even like I'm fucking uncomfortable. This is hard. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're still a hell yes for me, you know? So like, keeping that in perspective, but I just don't think I've really ever done that with dating. It was just like, cool, this guy's like a great guy and it's true. And he likes me. So then I like him. But that, <laughs> that's like the worst. Like, why do we do this? I feel that so like deeply. Just like, oh, he's great. Like he checks off some boxes, he, you know, whatever, but you know, I, I, like I was seeing this guy and I think it all comes back to self-worth, right? It's like, I was seeing this guy and, you know, he did a really good job and he was just like, you know, he was funny, you know, and, um, he'd be a great dad. And I remember one of my best friends saying like, does he ever give you any compliments? And I was like, no, but I don't really like compliments. And then I thought in my head, I'm like, well, wait, why don't I like compliments? Why am I not bothered by the fact that this dude never compliments me ever? It's like, oh my God, it all went back to like that self-worth. It was like, oh my God, I don't feel like I deserve those compliments. And it, and it people settle so much for these like guys that are just man, like they check off boxes, they have a good job, they whatever. And then, you know, you get down to the nitty gritty of your relationship and it's not going to last because, you know, he doesn't set your, or, you know, she or whoever doesn't set your soul on fire. Like how are, like you said, like at the end of the day with Rachel, it's like a hell yes. Like no matter what, even when it's hard, even when, you know, things get tricky. But it's like when things get hard with people like that, it's not going to be a hell yes. It's going to be a hell hell no. I'm getting the hell out of here because it's not worth it. 
it's a tricky dance, right? Because it's like, I think it was Oprah Winfrey. It might not have been, but she said something about like, don't look for Mr. Right when Mr. Good Enough is right here. Is that what it is? Did I just totally fuck it up? I probably fucked it up. But even I'm like, so I remember thinking that to myself of like, and I remember, and I mean, I'm a little bit older than you guys. So maybe like the 10 year gap changed. But like when I was in college, I remember a lot of people saying to me, like, you have way too high of like, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Expectations. I think, I guess expectations and like my, we'll just say expectation. You're too picky. Your list is too long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, you just have like, you expect way too much. Like you're never going to find that. You're going to be single forever because of it. And, and so, and so I remember, but that, but does that, I don't know. I don't really know if I, I'm like wrestling with it right now of like, even like paralleling it to like monogamy and marriage. And it's like, okay, so you're going to choose this one person to be with forever. And when you evolve, hopefully there's enough patience on both sides to both evolve. And hopefully you both evolve in a way that continues to allow both of you to continue growing. It's like, it's kind of a lot to ask. And like, I've changed significantly with each relationship and each relationship I've been slightly different. And I can't imagine that like, I'm, I mean, I'm such a seeker. I'm going to keep growing and you know, to just, I don't, it's almost like if you're going to be okay with whoever is just here right now, Mr. Good enough, then is that, I mean, that does sound like settling. It sounds terrible, but could it be that you are just like allowing the person to show up where you're at to be there while you're there. And then once you evolve, you're okay moving on to the next, I don't know. It's so weird. I mean, you're always going to learn. I, yeah, I don't, it is such a dance. And back when I was in Dallas, actually, you and I recorded a podcast that still has never been released. And I remember saying in it, when it comes to relationships, I'm like, I want someone who is like, we're both sprinting as fast as we fucking can right next to each other. And like, we're doing our thing. We're doing our own sprint here, but we keep looking over and we keep choosing to be near each other. And like, when one of us fucking jumps, the other one eventually is either going to jump or they're not. If they don't jump, then fine, it's done. But like that, yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you figure out if someone's it. That's why I asked Yvette in the last podcast when she was like, Joe is my soulmate. And I was like, what the fuck does that look like? Like, how do you know someone's Well, your so soulmate? here's something that just came up for me while you were talking to answer my question is like, if we live in a society where the ultimate success for a woman or for people is to couple up. Cause not just women, it's like for people to couple up and find that person, find the one, find the thing, the one, not the thing, <laughs> find the one. Um, find the thing and then find the find one. Find the thing and then find the one. Yeah. <laughs> but if that's the ultimate. And so now your ultimate goal is to like partnering up, partnering up becomes like more important than anything else. Now it makes sense that you would start to like, I'm going to stop paying attention to myself and what really matters and da, 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 because being single is the worst thing that could ever prove your worth in the world. But if we start shifting to like, you are worthy, no matter what your relationship to yourself is, what's actually most important. And we relieve the release the valve on needing to like 
be in this committed monogamous thing for the rest of our lives and find the one da 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 now we can all breathe a little bit. It's not as like taboo to be single when you're fucking 50 and we can chill out and give ourselves some space to actually pay attention to the relationships, pay attention to the people around, pay attention to the, how we feel. Um, and so that just came up for me. It was like, we have created this weird, it was like a safety that then now has created this like lack of an ability it's forced us into a lack of ability to pay attention to ourselves or give us the space to actually find the people that we might actually be more comfortable with that we meet when we're 37 versus when we're so young and now we have to stick with it because we're supposed to and there's obviously something to take from like you know are you bouncing because you're running away or from something you know or are you bouncing because you actually gave it your all and you grew and you understood that it was time to, to go your separate ways. It's, it's not that one's better or worse. It's kind of just a allowing this space for some self-awareness and giving people the freedom to be able to choose what makes sense for them because either and all scenarios can be loving and hurtful. All of them. It's not like one's more loving and one's more hurtful. Cause I, in my family, it's a badge of honor to stay in a relationship that is dysfunctional and abusive. And so, and that's not loving. And so that's an example of a monogamous, of I've seen examples of monogamous relationships that have like gone on longer than they should have for the sake of something that has been, you stick together, that equals unconditional love. And that's not necessarily true. I'm learning. I said this to someone the other day. Well, this was like, not the other day. This was like months ago. But I said, I always, and Rachel, and you and I have talked about this when it comes to marriage. Like, I grew up wanting to be married. I think I still want to be married. But at the same time, I also really want whoever I'm choosing to be with at the time to be able to walk away. I really, and I want it to be easy for them to walk away and I say that and it fucking scares the shit out of me saying that because I'm also like no 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 no, don't don't but at the same time like I never want someone to just settle for me either like I don't want to be the person that you're just like she's good enough like no fuck that go find someone that yeah like lights your fucking soul on fire like I don't want you to settle for me like I we both deserve not to settle but it's really hard because it is true like society doesn't view being single as a positive thing. I mean, I can't count the number of times women saying this about men too, especially men that are older being like, "Mm, he's 40 and is still single. What's wrong with him then? He has commitment issues. And I mean, maybe he does, or maybe he really fucking knows what he wants or maybe both, but you know, who knows? Or like, (laughs) who knows? But I mean, it is like, even getting out of my last relationship it's been seven eight months now and like yes I I go on dates I think dating is super fun and whatever we could get into that whole rabbit hole but like a lot of people in my life are like oh well you'll find someone or like you know they like they want you to settle back down and I'm like it's not really actually what I want like I just kind of want to have fun get to know people get to know myself through dating and it it is funny how people kind of like they look at it and it's just like oh but you're alone now and I also I mean I do that to myself too I think internally I'm just like oh but that is 
what we kind of teach each other versus being like, fuck yeah, girl, you go be single. You go live in your RV. What do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I don't know. <laughs> this is me pep talking myself. Yeah, I'm actually, I feel like I'm about to blow you guys' mind. I have been single for like nine years. Let's talk about this. Years. So my- I'm applauding you first. (laughs) Honestly, I couldn't, I mean, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot there, right? But I really feel like being single for long periods of time is something that everybody needs to do. Like that, that is like my true recommendation for like anyone is if you want to figure out yourself, be fucking single for, you know, year, two years, whatever, because it'll, it will show you who you are. Cause you have no one else to worry about. You're not trying to, you know, not saying if you're in a relationship, you're trying to impress anyone, but you're not being anyone else. You don't have to be anyone else because there's no one that there's no partner. There's no one that you need to even really be anyone else for. And so, you know, there's definitely a lot of probably issues there as well, but yeah, being single is, is definitely something that I think, especially women, I think they kind of need, or we need to have those periods of time. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, anything at an extreme can become a coping mechanism. So I think one of the interesting things with Janelle and I is that we have been on like similar paths, which is kind of fun when we're like, I mean, I hate saying we're almost a decade apart because it doesn't feel like that, but we are. And, um, and you know, when she left the relationship with her ex-boyfriend, the things that she was working on were honestly the things that I've been working on in my relationship. And so I think it was a cool realization for me that any path you take really can get you where you're going. Like we've both been not learning the same things, obviously, because we're on our own journeys, but we've both had access to the same amount of evolution and growth because we, that's what we chose. And so, um, yeah. So like, yes, if, if what you're used to is being in relationship, maybe try not being in it to shake it up. If you're used to not maybe try being in to shake it up and no matter where you are, there's always the access point for growth and evolution if you choose it. Really? When I was getting out of my relationship with my ex and I was starting to see someone else because definitely a relationship person. Um, one of my friends said this to me and shout out Joe Fletcher, my friend from college, but I was talking to him about it and he's just like, Janelle, if there's any question about this new relationship right now, then it's not worth, worth sacrificing yourself for. And I was just like, fuck. Cause I was, I was like getting all squirrely about it. And I was like feeling this tension and this conflict inside myself of like, but I like this guy, but I said, I was going to be single. I probably need to be single. Like, and I knew, you know, like, you know, your truth, but then you're like, but here's this, it's like a fucking test. (laughs) You know, here's this test of a person who's like so many of the things that you want, but like not quite there. And then you're getting fucking squirrely about it. And just 
those words of advice, I'm like, no, like choose your fucking self. And granted, did I do it the most beautiful way? No, but I still did it. I stumbled. I got there. I tripped. I got up. I tripped. I got up. I tripped. I got up. I fucking fell down a flight of stairs, got up. But <laughs> just like choosing yourself. If there's a question, like, you know, if there's even just that little voice in your ear, that's like, this isn't it. Not yet. Choose yourself. That's always what I try to remind myself every day. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point too, Rachel, like what you just said, like if you're used to being in a relationship, it's like, maybe try not. And it's like, if you're not, if you're used to not being in a relationship, why don't you try maybe being one? That's like kind of where I am. I'm like, okay, well, I've been like avoiding this giant elephant in the room for, you know, almost 10 years now. It's like, okay, let's maybe take the plunge here, like make steps to, you know, have that growth. Cause it is a growth. Like what both of you just said, like you've grown exponentially in in all of the relationships that you've been in and in one way or another and it's like okay well maybe I want and I'm seeking that kind of growth of you know figuring out that part of myself and figuring out what I actually want and need not what I'm thinking I want and need but what I actually want and need from a partner um, can I ask you a super vulnerable question? Oh, absolutely. What do you actually want and need? Oh boy. So for me, a huge thing that is like constantly coming up is I have to have equality in my relationship. And I know that sounds like kind of like at first you're just like, well, duh, like everybody wants that, but it's like, I really have to feel like I'm on an equal playing field with, with whoever I'm dating. And especially, you know, being straight and, you know, dating a man, it can be difficult to sometimes, you know, have that because traditionally, you know, especially in our society, you're told, you know, man's the provider, the protector, he's the financially, he's the one that um, tends to support the family, whatever. And so for me, a big reason I think I've also been resisting is like, I want to like prove that I can like do it on my own. You know what I mean? So that's one big thing. And I don't know. I really don't. Maybe I don't actually know what I want. And like, it's always evolving, right? And like, you're figuring it out. There's a, there's a, I guess I'm okay. I'm going to date myself. Is a meme only when it moves or a meme can be a still image, right? A meme is a still image. Still image. Okay. A GIF or GIF or is the other ones. Okay. So um, there's a meme. Still a GIF. (laughs) Not a GIF. I don't care what Preston said in season two. Oh, and then I have like a really important question to ask you, Emily, after this. Make sure I remind you, remind me about you. Okay. Um, So anyways, I saw a meme, I think. That was, uh, it said, you're not, don't look for your other half, look for your other equal. And I always, I was like, that's pretty cool. So, cause the other half then 
makes it seem like you're trying to find this other part of yourself, but it's like, ideally it's two whole people coming together and it's they're equal. And I will also say, I love that, what you want, that thing you just said, because it's something that I come from a family on both sides of like really strong women who are like, we don't care how small we are. We will do whatever you think you can do. We will do it better. And, and I forget that that, um, there's a, uh, YouTube series that we've been watching and uh, about this family who RVs and in it, sometimes they fall into these traditional roles. And I'm like, no, man, I want to be able to like do all the shit. I want to know how to like know when the certain electronic is like busted and like how to change the fuse and like all this stuff. And um, Dylan's the same. He's like, I don't want you to have to only be the one who cooks and like cleans the thing. Like, no. And I want to like clean out the shitter pole. Like I want to do all, which I do do. It's my favorite task. And, and I just, I appreciate the call out because um, I think I have, taken that for granted or not taken it for granted but I like didn't think because it's just something that I like assume is like a given I hadn't really thought about that as something that you would need to be a stand for and you, and you do so I love that okay so my thing is when you are dating people how do you learn about them how do you learn the things about them what do you do where do you go I'm like trying to feed you the question with I'm asking in a really weird way. <laughs> you're trying to ask the question. I'm now I'm like trying to think deeper. <laughs> Don't think too deeply. If you were like starting to date somebody and then you were like, oh, I'm going to look up things about them on the internet. Where would you go? Oh, are you talking like about like Instagram? Wait, is that, is that where you'd find information about them? Where else would you go? <laughs> is this such a leading fucking question? No. <laughs> where else do you go, Emily? If I'm trying to find more information. Yeah. You about... want to get the dirty goods. Oh my gosh. Where do you go? Whiz courts. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say my mom is an attorney, so I'd probably like text her and be like, okay, hey, look up this person. That's a Wisconsin but court system. Instagram, but that's not really juicy. That's just kind no, of. No, like, it's not. You're right. Where would you go? Have I already like established? No. Okay. Google. You would Google it. Oh, I would Google it. <laughs> you would Google it. Okay, <laughs> good. Janelle made fun of me like three months ago because I was like, you should Google stalk him. And then she was like, oh, yeah. Google stocks. I was like, how do you get the dirt? You just go on no. their gram and you let them show. No, Instagram is so curated. You're not going to get the dirt on Instagram. My friend was like, you got to go on Strava so you can see where they are. I was like, okay, <laughs> creep. Shit. No, I decided there are three questions that I ask every dude I date. I ask, when was the last time they cried and why? It's a combo. Do they believe in ghosts? See how open-minded they are. And what does their relationship look like with their mom? That tells you everything you need to know. When the last time they cried, how are they, how in touch are they with their emotions themselves? Do they believe in ghosts? Are they open-minded? They can still say no, but like say, but I'm open to the possibility of being proven wrong. And the relationship with their mother, I have yet to meet a dude that does not treat their romantic partner like they treat their mom. Just sit on that one. Those are some good questions. I'm going to steal the crying one. 
do it. So, um, so what does it look like to be yourself in a relationship? And I'm coming from a place of like, spiritually speaking, Emily, we both are like very much in the world of like yoga meditation and in it, I've had this conversation with people before where it's like, you really need to focus on your relationship to yourself first. And sometimes it's like all that really matters is yourself. But then that gets me to thinking like, okay, so then I could live on an island and have a great relationship with myself. But is that really the point? Um, And so I have, I have like, I've been wrestling with this. Like if it's really just about the relationship to myself, then what's the fucking point? Um, And so I'm curious if you've thought about that or have um, any thoughts on it. So you're talking about spiritually, like within a relationship with someone. I'm just saying like, as I've been navigating my own relationships in my life, a lot of times it comes back to like, come back to yourself, come back to yourself, come back to yourself. That is just a mirror of like your own thing within you. And so really the most important thing is to just be good with yourself. Um, But then at a certain point, and I've had this conversation with a few different people who have gotten to that stage of the question of like, okay, so now I'm working on me, but then what's the point of having another person then? Like if I'm self-fulfilling, then why, why is another person needed? And so I don't know, have you, have you like wrestled with that at all? Yeah, I've actually been, that's like kind of the main focus I feel like I've I've been thinking about these past few months especially is like all right I'm always I'm always like I'm always thinking like okay when I'm done healing when I'm done healing when I'm done healing I'll be ready for whoever that was in air quotes everybody who can't say. yes I'm sorry <laughs> podcast <laughs> um and I don't really think like you just said, like, I don't really think that's the point, right? Most of us want companionship. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a connection with someone else, having, having love, you know, with someone else. I mean, for God's sake, it's like the reason that the world goes round is that love and and connection with either friends or, you know, an intimate romantic relationship. And so I think that, you know, what I have found is that I feel like I've done the work by myself. And it's like now, I think I've kind of taken myself as far as I can go by myself and so it's almost like hitting a little bit of you know a in a path like a a wall or you know a hurdle or something it's like okay I really feel like having someone else brings you to a growth that you can't get just on your own and maybe I'm wrong I could be but that's what I've really been feeling this past year especially is like okay well, even though I'm not done in air quotes healing, 
that's okay. I can still with open arms, accept someone into my life, even though I may be damaged, even though I may have all this, you know, trauma or whatever. It's like, you can still accept another person and realize that if, if they're your person, they're going to help you on that path as you are going to help them as well. Hand in hand, walking down this path of life. Yeah, that's kind of where I've gotten to. It's like, not only is another person, an, honestly, a challenge, like you figuring, it's almost like you figuring it out in your own head as a concept is like, great, now let's put it to practice. And my ability to actually be with another human and have them be a variable that I can't, I can't control and learn how to navigate myself. And then not only that, learn how to express and give love um, from a place of wholeness. So I think it's almost, I'm like obsessed with infinities because I feel like everything is like a cycle and a dance between polarities. And it's like the first time around, well, at least I'll speak for myself. Like the first time around, I being in connection with other people was at the expense of myself. Like I was giving, giving without understanding this. And so it was just the, you know, it was, there was still growth in it. It's not like it wasn't, you know, wasn't, it didn't teach me anything, but it wasn't, I hadn't done the work that you were talking about. And then when I was able to do that work for myself and which I'm still doing, as I'm able to do that work for myself to like be the whole person that I am or be closer to it or be working towards it or at least have moments where I'm like, I know what that feels like. Now, when I give from that place, it's a very different type of love. It's a share. Um, I, I read this somewhere too. Instead of giving, it's sharing. I'm now sharing versus giving you everything because I understand what I need to stay whole and able to continue to share. And now I'm able to experience what it's like to actually give, to be responded to, to be reacted to, and then to manage my own self within that too. And that's such a beautiful part of life. Um, but it does seem like it's both. Um, not at the point is not to sit on an island and just get to know yourself as best as you can. <laughs> so I read this summer, it's not my own words, but it was something along the lines of we experience trauma, whatever, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it in relationship, but you also heal it, that very trauma that you experienced in a relationship as well. And that feels, Rachel, I know you hate help, but it feels helpful to me. <laughs> Did you say that I hate help? Hope. H-O-P-E. Oh, hope. I was like, I love help. <laughs> no, you love help. No, I, you don't hate hope, but I like to use the word hopeful. Okay, so hopeful. say it again because I heard help. So say it again. So you, we experience trauma or disruption or whatever word you want to use in relationships, but we also heal that trauma in re other relationships. Yeah, for sure. Wait, where's the hope? Oh, I said it feels hopeful. Hope. Got it. Hope. Okay. Hope wow. Hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, dude, Emily, I love your, I love your heart. You're so, oh, 
I love both of your hearts as well. (laughs) I just, I really appreciate the invitation that you brought to this space and your vulnerability. And I think it's really cool that we went into having this conversation so long ago and all of us have kind of gone, been going through, I think you said it best, like I am having wild transformations. Is that what you said? Yes. I think it's something like that. Yeah. And I was like, that is the best way to describe this time is like wildly transforming. And um, to have this conversation several months later, it was almost like seeds were planted. And I think all of us have been kind of like sitting with it. And that's um, cool to be able to share um, several months after kind of like the reflection of it a little bit. So, so we always ask our guests at the end of each podcast, um, how do you live your true north in one word? Right now, I'd say healing. Can I ask a follow-up question to the group? How do you live your true north in an intimate relationship in one word? Openness. I have two words. Go for it. Trust. It's like trust and non-attachment. I was going to say vulnerability. But maybe worthiness. Mm. Now I'm just throwing in all the words. Worthiness <laughs> is pretty good too. I'm going to say worthiness. I'm taking it. <laughs> Go for it. No, low, worth decisions. No, hey, worth low, decisions. worth. <laughs> <laughs> Got to clap when you say yeah. it. Ta, ta. Did you guys do that in school? Ta, ta, remember? I mean, okay, never mind. Oh, yeah. When you were like, <laughs> no. When, it, when people were trying to, the teacher was trying to get everyone's attention. Oh, no. I was talking about like music classes or when you're trying to like cut. <laughs> never mind. It's so oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you're counting out music. I don't know why that just came to me, but that's what it reminds me of. Oh, that's our new chant. Thank ta, you. Ta, <laughs> Long. Don't you remember? It was like a long note. You were like, "I'm moving yeah. my hands. I know I can see this, but okay, it doesn't matter." It was matter. so long a... ago. This is nothing. I actually remember that now. Yeah, you know what's up. All right. I remember ta ta ti ti ta. Yeah, it's been in my head. Like I don't know why I can't get it out of my head. Whenever I go, I'm like ta ta ti ti ta. Maybe I'm like I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter. Hey Emily, if anyone wants to. <laughs> if anyone wants to get a hold of you to continue this conversation, to stay updated on life, to reach out to you, where can they do that? Probably Instagram. Um, my Instagram's Emily K K A Y Ortiz. So if anyone ever wants to reach out, it's probably the best. If you, <laughs> if you want to um, listen to Emily's smooth, silky voice then you should go to Breathe Mind and Body. I'll put a link in there and find her meditations. There's a Breathe at Home and mm-hmm. what? And you that's should go the other reason. Voice. No, that's the other reason why I know you, Emily, because I've done your meditations when they were on Instagram Live. Oh! Back in quarantine when I was alone <laughs> in my apartment and I was doing all the meditations on Instagram live for breathe years with one of them. Anyway. Isn't her voice just like yes. so you like said that and I like was transported back into time. Like I can see myself in my little one bedroom apartment in slow and I was just like I'm pretty sure I was crying on my bed and I was like, I need to meditate. Uh, for I- sure. She speaks like through your soul. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Your voice, dude. It's just like, okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> You're awesome. This has been personal. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you so much, Emily. Yeah, You're you, Emily. amazing. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I no, appreciate this conversation. I'm going to go journal now. Jeez. Yeah, Ooh. go journal. Also, it was really good to see your face. Yeah. I, I'm i still getting used to like seeing faces and recording the podcast. I get a little, it's like a lot of like, but it's so nice, actually. I really like it. So, oh, yeah. I, I loved it too. Because yeah. every time I said something, I can just see her smile. And I was like, she thinks I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's my love language. People laughing at me, so. (laughs) This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you liked what you heard, please consider leaving us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time.